Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to Journey of Faith. My name is Jason Cusick. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I want to say hi to everybody at our Torrance campus that's connected with us right now. Great to, great to be with you. If you're watching online, thanks for joining us. And if you are brand new today, this might be your first time back to church after many years of uh, or, or time being away, or this might be your first time in church ever. I want to say welcome. I hope this is a great experience for you, and I hope this can help you in, in taking that next step toward God, faith, spirituality, Jesus, whatever it is that you felt like uh, drew you here today. Uh, great that you can be with us. We're in a series called Friendship Essentials, and we're doing this series of messages because the research tells us that our country is kind of at a crisis point when it comes to friendships. People are reporting that they have fewer friends or no friends, and even the quality level of our friendships isn't what we want. And so we're saying, what do we do about that? So we decided, why don't we look to somebody whose life was defined by great friendships, and that's Jesus. Jesus developed a very close group of friends that he spent three years with, and this group of friends helped him be who God had called him to be, and he was able to help those friends become who God called them to be. And so what we're doing is we're looking at the life of Jesus, and we're looking at a book in the Bible that Jesus and his friends had access to and probably drew from, and it's this book. It's called the book of Proverbs. This is an ancient uh, Hebrew collection of wisdom sayings on all different types of subjects as well as friendship. And so actually last week when we started this series, I encouraged you to consider reading the book of Proverbs on your own. It's uh, 31 chapters, and you could read one chapter a day and get through it in a month. And if you've never read the Bible before and you want a Bible, we have Bibles available for you. We handed them out last week, and, and we actually ran out of Bibles last week because a lot of you took them. So we have more if, uh, if you want one. We're giving out these paperback uh, Bibles. And when I saw what we were giving out, it reminded me of my first Bible. I thought I'd show it to you. This is my first Bible that I got when I was 19 years old. It's another paperback Bible. And it's got all this stuff underlined. I've got notes that I was writing when I was 20 years old and little insights. And the book of Proverbs has a bunch of stuff underlined in it. And it really gave me a great head start in understanding what my spiritual life is about. So uh, after the service, if you want to pick up a Bible and, and take it home, start reading Proverbs, you can. Today, uh, we're going to answer or begin to answer, continue to answer a, a question that's stated in the book of Proverbs. Here's that question. Many will say there are loyal friends, but who can find one who's truly reliable? Last week, we talked about this friendship essential, and that's intentionality. Great friendships don't just happen. You have to be intentional about them. If you missed that message, you can check it out online on our app, on our YouTube page. Um, today, we're uh, going to be talking about mutual growth. Next week, Pastor Jill's going to walk us through this idea of emotional connection in friendships. Then we're going to talk about forgiveness and alignment. So today, like I said, we're going to talk about mutual growth today. The idea is that friendships can be this great place to help us become better versions of ourselves. But what that means is we need to 
to see the value of that in our friendships. A couple of months ago, I was out about in the neighborhood. I was running some errands. I stopped by here at work, uh, connected with a few of my neighbors. And when I got home, only then did I realize I had glitter all over my face. So I have a very blingy wife and, and at times a blingy daughter. So the likelihood of me walking out of my home with glitter on is statistically high. And when I walked in, I saw I had all this glitter over my face. And I thought, why didn't anyone say anything? But I think maybe they were like, um, maybe he feels fabulous today. Or who am I to judge Jason's glitter choices, you know? But the following week, something else happened. I showed up to work. I came in, and I had my first meeting of the day. And in the meeting, somebody on my team said, Jason, you got glitter all over your head. And I was like, oh, okay, great. I tried to get it off, and it just got everywhere. But needless to say, this person said, hey, I'm seeing something in you and on you that I'd like to speak to. Do you have friends that will actually say you got a green thing in your teeth or you've got lipstick on your teeth or your flies down or something? Do you have those friends in your life? Or maybe even going to the next step, do you have friends in your life that say, look, I love you and I care about you, but I I, I think you need to work on this. I love you and I care about you, but you're wrong. Do you have friends in your life that can speak into your life to help you grow? See, sometimes we have friendships and we define those friendships by our mutual interests, our mutual likes, and a degree of acceptance, which is really good. But friendships aren't just about I accept you exactly the way you are, end of story. Great friendships move to the next level and say, I accept you as you are right now, and I want to help you grow, and I want you to help me grow. And that's an essential quality of friendship. Here's the main idea for today. We should be committed to mutual growth in friendships. Let's see how Jesus did this. Here's a passage of Scripture that we're going to look at today. Matthew chapter 16 This takes place in a very interesting time in Jesus' life. It's first century Palestine. Jesus has been teaching and caring for people and healing people. And at this point we're going to read, something happens where he begins to reveal his true identity to his friends. That his life is not just about teaching and caring for people, but he has come into the world as the long-awaited Savior of the world, and he's going to die for the sins of the world. Matthew 16, in the other books that record Jesus' life, it's right around Mark 9, Luke chapter 9, there's this point where he's like, I'm revealing who I truly am, and our friendship is now going to the next level. So what we're going to see here is this interesting relationship between Jesus and one of his friends, Peter. And these are two very strong guys that are interacting with each other. And that's what we're going to see. Here's what it says. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? That's how he referred to himself. Jesus is saying, who who do people say that I am? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah 
or one of the other prophets. They're saying, you know who they say you are, Jesus? You are like a prophet, much like this long line of prophets that have come before you. That's who people are saying you are. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you're blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. He says, you did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. This is a beautiful moment between Peter uh, and Jesus, where Jesus is saying, Peter, you're growing. You're learning. I'm seeing good stuff in you. This is amazing. You're starting to see things from God's perspective, not just from your own. Keep going. This is really good. That encouragement and affirmation is a really important part about growth. What we see next is the other part. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things. He would be killed, but on the third day he would be raised from the dead. Now look at this. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Now, here, this is one of these interesting things where basically Peter is correcting Jesus. Peter, it's really interesting too because it says he pulled him aside and began to reprimand him, rebuke him, correct him. Can you imagine what this looked like? I was trying to imagine in my mind what this was like. Was this like Peter says, you're the Messiah, and Jesus said, yes, and I'm going to be killed. And Peter goes, can I talk to you for a second over here, Jesus? I don't agree with that part of your story. Or was he like, what, Jesus, get over here. What are you talking about? No way is anybody going to do that to you. Peter gets in Jesus' face. How does, Peter, how does Jesus respond? Jesus turned back to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You're seeing things merely from a human point of view not from God. Boy, these two had a really interesting relationship, didn't they? They had the ability to just kind of go after each other. There's something about friendship that gives you the ability to both care for someone and speak truth into their life. Now, there's, when we talk about mutual growth, there's probably more growth going on in Peter than there is in Jesus in this situation. Peter is saying, I'm open to this kind of growth. I like this part of Jesus and the spiritual life. And then Jesus says, well, here's something else we're going to do. And Peter's like, I don't want that part. And that's kind of like us too. We like certain parts of life and personal growth. And then we realize we're supposed to grow in some other area and we go, hard pass on that. I, I, I'm going to, this is who I am. I don't want to grow in that area. But what Jesus is trying to do with Peter and with us is to continue to help us see things from a bigger spiritual point of view 
and not just from our earthly perspective. And that's why mutual growth is an essential for friendships. Here's one reason. God has a good plan for our growth. God loves us exactly as we are, but doesn't intend for us to stay that way. There's always growth we can experience. Maybe some of you have seen and understood the difference between these two ideas, having a fixed mindset and having a growth mindset. People with a fixed mindset say, this is who I am. This is the story. I I, I can't grow anymore. I can't learn anymore. I I did my learning. There's an old old saying that says you can't teach old dogs new tricks. Have you heard that before? I have an old dog. I'm teaching him new tricks. Old dogs can learn new tricks. That's actually a myth. God intends us to continue to grow through our whole lifetime. Not only is that good for us spiritually, it's good for us mentally and neurologically, relationally. The fact that we're always growing and learning. Some of us are stuck in a fixed mindset. I can't learn that. I can't do that. I can't be that anymore. A growth mindset is, okay, what do I want to learn now? What does God want to teach me now? What do the friends in my life, what do they have to say about ways in which I can grow to be an even better version of the person that God created me to be? But that means it needs to be an essential in a relationship. And Peter and Jesus and all of Jesus' friends had the book of Proverbs available to them that talk about the value of friendships for personal growth. Here's a few Proverbs they knew. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. Isn't that beautiful? Like, when's the last time somebody gave you just really good advice or really good encouragement? Hey, I've noticed this about you. Or, hey, I know you're wrestling with this. I wonder if you would do this. And you would go, that feels right. That's good. When's the last time you've done that for someone else? You know, positive reinforcement is more powerful than negative reinforcement. When you catch somebody doing something good and then you reinforce it. Hey, I noticed you were doing this. That's really great. Keep that up. We all need that encouragement and affirmation, that heartfelt counsel from a friend. Here's another part of friendship. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. That's a good one. We, rather than people who would just flatter us or say nice, nice things even though they're really not on our side, sometimes it's better to have somebody that's really on our side and is willing to tell us something that might hurt. Because that's really the balance, Right? To have somebody that cares about us, and then they also challenge us. I just finished reading this book for work called um, Radical Candor, and it's all about finding that balance of care and challenge in creating a good feedback culture in your job. In particular, that's how it was. And they had a really interesting diagram in there. I want to show it to you. It's laid out as these four quadrants, and and where we want to be is having radical candor. That's high care, high challenge. But if we're not careful, we fall into these other quadrants, like obnoxious aggression. That's when I really want to challenge you, 
And I don't really care about you. Here's another one. Manipulative insincerity. Um, I don't care about you, and I kind of don't want to challenge you either. And if I want to challenge you, it might just be passive-aggressive. Here's another one. Ruinous empathy. That's when I care about you so much that I can't actually tell you the truth. This is the one I default into all the time. This is the one I, on my worst days, I fall into, I'm just trying to be really nice, but then you actually don't know what I think. Now, I know we're all here 99% of the time in radical candor, but, but on your off days, which one of these do you fall into? You're just completely detached. You just get walked over and you're dishonest, but you're super nice. Or you're just a bully. This is the space we want to be in. Here's one more proverb that Jesus and his friends knew. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. It's like when you're sharpening a knife at home. It, 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 there's friction. There's conflict that's difficult. It's not pleasant. But it is resulting in making a, a, a knife more effective to do its job. That's what friendships are about. They're not, just, they're not only about having good times together and connecting with each other and, and enjoying shared interests. They're about helping us become better and more effective versions of ourselves who God made us to be. And Jesus is that friend that helps us the most in being able to do that. He brings people around us to help us with that. Here's an action step I have for you. Study how Jesus corrected, redirected, and stretched his disciples. We just saw one story of him kind of trying to get a very strong personality in Peter to see things from a spiritual perspective. But he did it a lot of different ways. He was direct, he was indirect, he was caring, he confronted. I just started a new Bible reading plan in January, and it's you read one chapter of the, of the New Testament every day, Monday through Friday, and you get through the entire New Testament by the end of the year. So right now I'm reading a lot about the life of Jesus. And when I read about the life of Jesus previously, I would always read with the idea of how could I be more like Jesus. Now I'm reading... How am I like or unlike the people that Jesus talked to? Am I like Peter, where I'm pulling Jesus aside and I'm saying, I don't agree with you, I don't like what you're doing? Or am I like the other people who are, Jesus is saying, do this, and they're like, yes, Lord, I will. What is my friendship like with Jesus? Am I, Jesus is a friend to me, how am I at being a friend with Jesus? Maybe you could read through the New Testament, just start in the first book of the New Testament, the book of Matthew, and just start reading how Jesus interacted with people and see yourself in their sitting. Would you respond that way? How do you respond today to the direction that Jesus is giving? Maybe you could do that after you read Proverbs, or you could do it at the same time. What Jesus requires as he's wanting us to grow is he, de he desires an openness, an openness to him, and an openness to the people that Jesus is bringing into our lives. And that's the second reason that we should be open to 
mutual growth as an essential for friendship, and it's this. God invites people into our lives to help us grow. God is inviting people in, not just to make social connections, not so only so we won't be lonely, not so we can have great people to hang with, but also God is inviting people in to help us grow. It could be friends. It could be people at work, people at school, new relationships that are forming. If you're an employer, God is bringing people in that work for you to help you grow. If you're an employer, you need to have a feedback circle where people that are working for you are able to encourage you in areas of growth, not just you encouraging them. I think sometimes we, we look for a place where we want, we want to be the ones giving the advice and the direction and growth, and we need to be the ones receiving, especially the more leadership and influence you get. And I've been learning this even with my own family. I'll say this to you parents, parents with younger kids. Uh, those of you in junior and high school, you're going to love this part. This is going to be great. What I'm asking parents to do is I'm asking you parents to be open to the growth that your kids want to see in you. See, as parents, we're like, here's how you need to grow, here's how you need to grow. No, at some point, you need to say, look, you've known me for your whole life. How do you think I need to be growing? Like, what am I doing well, and what are my growth areas? I've got to this with with my kids, particularly with my 16-year-old daughter. She's the one clicking slides right now on on this thing. And my daughter... We've gotten to a place where we actually have a really great relationship right now, and we have a lot of fun together, too. In fact, I was watching online. They had this thing, the tortilla slap. Have you seen this online? And I'm like, honey, we got to do this. So we did this the other day and filmed it in the backyard. Let me show it to you. This is, hold on a second. This is when, for those of you that don't know, you, you're supposed to take a mouthful of water and hold it while somebody else slaps you across the face with a tortilla. And you have to make sure you don't spit the water out. It's a very important family tradition, I guess. I don't know. Uh, here's my daughter and I doing this. I didn't, I didn't know. Neither of us knew how well to do it. Her, her, her ear is still ringing from that. And, and I, I think I hit her a little bit too hard. So that's the fun side. The other side is that I ask my daughter, you've known me your whole life. What do you think I need to be working on? I ask my 24-year-old, my 22-year-old, and my 16-year-old, let me know what I'm doing well And what are the things that I really need to grow in? And I'm doing my best to create a safe atmosphere where I'm not going to argue with them. Sometimes our family members are are the most observant people, and sometimes they are the recipients of some of our worst behavior. So really being open. Who are the people in your life that you could say, you know me, you love me, what do I need to be working on? See, I set it up with something funny before I turned around and did a tortilla slap on you. Like, 
So here's, here's the uh, action step I have for you. Set up a 30-minute input session with a friend and have them give you affirmations and growth areas. Notice this is not set up a, a way so you could give growth areas to your friend. This is find somebody who knows you well and loves you and then say, can you spend 30 minutes with me? And I want, it, I want you to tell me here's the areas that you're seeing me grow in. And here's the areas you think I need to work on. What would that be like? In fact, here's a, here's a question that sometimes I've asked people. What's it like to be on the other side of me? Now, some of you are like, I don't want to know that. <laughs> I don't want an answer to that question. I keep hearing that, that Taylor Swift song playing all the time now, and there's a great line in it that says, uh, I'll stand directly in the sun, but never in the mirror. Right? We all want the affirmation. We all want the encouragement and the empowerment. But how many of us actually want to look in the mirror or have somebody hold a mirror up to us saying, hey, you need to work on that? And this is especially important if you are a follower of Jesus or call yourself a Christian or a follower of Jesus because I believe that Christianity is a very bad reputation in the world because a lot of us aren't as responsible for our own self-examination and growth as we need to be. So the, the humility and the openness to personal growth without fighting against it, without being defensive, but saying, give me your feedback. I want to grow in this area. What would that look like for you? Essentials of friendship. We have to be intentional. And then friendships are great when we connect on shared interests, but they go to the next level when we're committed to personal growth. What does that look like in growth with each of us in a relationship? Here's our main idea again for the day. We should be committed to mutual growth in friendships. Why? Because God has a good plan for our growth. Look, we're all here, hopefully, because not only do we want to make connections with people, but, but there's areas we want to become better versions of ourselves, and that's what God wants for us. That's part of what friendships are about. And two, because God invites people into our lives to help us grow. We grow through reading and listening to podcasts, and, and we grow by activating our faith and making good decisions. But a key component of growth is through people, our current relationships and new friendships. That's one of God's main ways that he helps us grow. So let's lean into this essential and prioritize growth. And actually, we're going to close the service by helping you jumpstart this a little bit. Uh, at Torrance, when you, you came in, you got one of these cards. Here at Manhattan Beach, they're in the pew backs there. If you want, in the front where you can reach back or somebody can hand you one of these. Grab one of these cards up there. They should be on the top there. Just a card that says Friendships Essentials, and then it's blank on the back side. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to close the song, uh, close the service by singing a song together that talks about this great friendship we can have with Jesus. But before we sing together, we're just going to play some instrumental music. And I want to give you an opportunity to jumpstart this 30-minute input session. As we're playing this music, I want you to think, is there a person that comes to mind that I think I can ask? 
this week, I want you to just write that person's name down real little bit on the back of this thing. And maybe during that instrument music, you're going to be like, well, I already know a growth theory that I need to work on. I don't know if my friend will tell me this, but here's what I already know of. And you can write that down there. Maybe, hey, here's a way I've grown recently. And that's good. I'm going to write that down as the affirmation. My friend may or may not indicate that. But then the rest of this blank area is a note card for you. When you have this meeting with this person, you just take notes. Hey, let me know an affirmation. How do you see me growing? What's something I do well? And what's a growth area? And then you take notes. And here's a good, here's a good thing that you can say as they're talking to you. You can just say, tell me more. Hey, I think this is a growth area. Great, tell me more about that. And you write down these things, and at the end, after that, that session with that person, now you can turn this into a growth plan for yourself. You can say, okay, here's what I'm going to do with this, and you can hang on to this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to close in prayer, and then we're going to have our band come out, play some music, and we're going to sing. If this is your first time with us, I know this is kind of a, a challenging thing, but this is just for yourself, for your own understanding, and I hope it can jumpstart some good self-examination for you. Also, after the service, if something comes up and you're like, hey, I'd love to talk to somebody, or maybe you're one of those people that when you hear something like this, you're like, I, I want somebody to pray for me, or I have something going on in my life that I'd like prayer about. Over here at the cross on this side of the room here at Manhattan Beach and the cross over here at this side of Torrance, um, we're going to have some volunteers there who would love to hear and listen to what you have to share and pray for you and pray with you if that's what you want. Let me close us in prayer, and then we're going to move into this time of just some, some quiet reflection and then a song where we can sing about friendship with Jesus. God, thank you. Thank you that you invite us to experience the, the power of friendships. God, I know my life has been changed in amazing ways from friends. God, I also know sometimes I want to do it on my own. But you, you're bringing people into my life. You're bringing people into our lives. Help us to be open to the growth that we can experience and when we're invited to, the growth that we can share with other people. God, during this reflective time, jumpstart our own minds and hearts. Bring a person's name or face to our mind and help us to celebrate the ways that you're already helping us grow, and, and maybe some things we need to work on. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.